Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John picks up a hitchhiker and has a missed connection at a Michael Bolton concert. Meanwhile, I don't like my resting face and can't find the southeast entrance of any building. Plus a conversation about taking constructive criticism and being able to appreciate another artist's work without feeling threatened. Today's episode is not sponsored by people who bring Bluetooth speakers on a hike. Hey look, we ruined nature for everyone. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Johnny, we're taking another trip to Bantertown. You can uh, stick out your thumb and hitch a ride. Hold up. Have you ever hitchhiked? No. I've picked up hitchhikers. No, you haven't. I have. Have you not? No. I don't advise it for everybody, but sometimes you just got a good feeling about somebody. Like a like a dude? I picked up dudes. You know what I do? If I see a Like guy, a family I could see because it's like, okay. I've seen what I'm so there's more a little likely, girl with a guy and you're like, all right, well he's not gonna murder me in front right. of his daughter. Unless she's in on it. <gasps> which would be What if she's the murderer? Yeah. You haven't watched it's the perfect enough. it's the perfect crime. Um you know what I'm more likely to do? Yeah. Is see someone walking and stop and offer them a ride. Than I am. If they're asking for it, I'm probably less likely. But if they're not asking for it, I'm like, okay, well, they're not even asking for it. So unless they're like walking along going, man, if, if some the, dude offers me a ride, I'm going to kill him. If I see their car broken down half a mile back yeah. and you see they're walking, right, you then you're like, and go I'll through their a, car. Yeah. You go, <laughs> go through and see if there's any valuables. <laughs> no, but you kind of know like, all right, they're probably, they're out of gas. They're trying to walk to a gas station or something is similar. Right. If you can identify some sort of situational but that's what they want you to think. Oh, yeah. Have we become too suspicious? Do you think, is this like, this is like the Good Samaritan. Like, we're so afraid of being harmed. So self-preservation has taken over our altruism? Hmm. What do you think? I think you're right. But also, there are a lot of evil people in the world that want to do you harm. So where do you draw, what's the line? We got into the deep stuff quick. What would have happened if the guy stopped okay. to help? The Good Samaritan stopped to help. Mm-hmm. What if... The guy just jumped up off the ground. He wasn't really bloody. And he he then beat and robbed him. And now he's laying there and another guy walks by. Like, that is a part of the story. That's like an Inception Samaritan, <laughs> you know? Coming to theater soon. It's like a Russian nesting doll Samaritan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah, I, I, if I'm with my daughter okay. or with my family, I try to be a little different. If you're I, with your daughter, you should hitchhike because... Then right, you're more so likely to garner up. some uh, sympathy. Yeah. Nobody's going to pick up you. No. Creepy. No. Yeah. 
I wonder, like, yeah, I think, do I have a look? What is my look? I'm 6'4". I'm not as big as I used to be, but I'm sure I'm... Are you imp- sure you're 6'4"? Yeah. Okay. I'm imposing. Mm, that's, uh, you don't feel imposing? I have like a resting, disgruntled face. Uh, you've chosen a perfect career. Don't you think, though? Like, when I'm not thinking about, like, I need to make sure I have a normal face here. If I'm not like, are we are we rolling? I can do it, but if I just let myself go, it's more like this. Yeah, which is a flat affect. Yeah, I have dysentery. <laughs> Johnny, I don't think you ever had dysentery. No, but you I, would look right. Your face would be. I a have resting more. dysentery face. It's a different thing. <laughs> I've seen it just the but, once. You know, uh, but yeah. So I think people would see me and be like, "Not that guy. Don't yeah. pick up the." You know. I don't know. See, maybe someone would see you as a gentle giant. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been called that Did before? you challenge my 6'4"? You don't think I'm 6'4"? You don't feel six inches taller than me. Wait. So I'm 5'9", supposedly. And a quarter. So seven inches. Are you inches. one of those people? Oh, well, I used to say I was 5'10 and a half. That's what I thought I was oh, my you whole did. life. You've heard that story. Were you you're measuring in shoes, maybe? Um, I don't know. I, someone, Are you shrank? Someone, oh. in, someone in my gym class. Is it shrank? Is some, it shrunk? Some coach in okay. gym class was doing, you know, I don't know, verticals right. or measurements and other stuff. And I came out at 5'10". Oh, right. Maybe 5'10 and a half. And he was I, trying to, he was giving you the feel I good. I don't know. I rode that train. He worked. I rode that train for 20 years. Man. Um, no longer. Probably. It was like no need to ever Yeah, I was like, man, confirm. I'm... Confirm. And then... Uh, you should have got a second opinion. Now I'm 5'9". So... Maybe you're having some, maybe you're 5'8", by the time the show's over. We don't know. We need to keep an eye on this. <laughs> you just don't feel like yeah. you're seven inches taller. Well, no, I've, I've actually measured myself. I can't remember when I measured myself. Because I thought, well, surely now. Because I have sl- I have slouch. I have bad posture. You have resting slouch face. I have resting slouch face. There's a lot wrong with me, listeners. Well, yeah. By the way, if you want to support the show, uh, talk of. about that podcast.com. We love our patrons. Uh, you can find all the archived episodes, and uh, you can even send us an email. We got a lovely email from someone who listened to the show we that did. said that they spit coffee on themselves going 50 miles an hour from something we said a few episodes ago. Was it hot? I'm assuming it was hot coffee, but if it's in your mouth, you've kind of, it's not so hot that it would burn you or it would burn the inside of your mouth, right? How does it work? I don't drink coffee. I don't like hot drinks. <sighs> I if, can't, if it's already, I'm not a sipper. I'm a gulper. Yeah, if it was already like cool enough to actually take a sip of, unless yeah. you're doing like I have a hot tea here right now. Yeah, I don't this, sip. Like, like, yeah, I know how sipping works, John. You don't need to see if I spit, be a foley artist I, over there. If I spit took that, <laughs> oh, that's see. the past tense, by the way. Spit took. Then Spat take. it wouldn't have been that hot because I had to cool it. Okay. with the sipping mechanism. That's what I mean. I think yeah the the sipping mechanism is now it's a cooler spew. Okay. <laughs> that would not then burn you, but it would be it would still ruin your pants. Right. It, so we apologize to our dear listener. It'd be uncomfortable. But it also is kind of like the highest compliment yeah. for the show. You've made Laura spit take at dinner before. Oh, that's nice. And that's... That's pretty good. That's fun. Did you... How did you feel... Because, listen, this is true. Somebody has a bit about this that's a comedian friend of mine. He has a bit about how, like, when women come to the shows with their men, that he notices that men do not like watching their wife laugh hard at another man. Yeah. It doesn't bother you because we're, we're all friends. Right. We all. My wife doesn't. But like if she went, 
to whatever. If, she, if there's an experience you can't give her, yeah. it's an interesting little thing that you go through. You're like, oh, okay. Never seen her make that. She's yeah. really... I think I'd be more... I'd be less upset about that because comedy is like not her pastime. Mm-hmm. Like that's not where she gets her majority of her entertainment. Right. I'm trying to think of what we share. Like if she read a book and she was like, I've never read writing like this. Well, no, I have had that. <laughs> I have had that. There's a guy. I'm this is a, the, the way he has with words. Yes. I just, it blows my mind. You're like, really? It blows yeah. your mind? <laughs> that's, hap- that's happened. <laughs> Charles Martin, who is a brilliant novelist. Yeah, I call him Chuck. And he, um, they made a movie recently. The Mountain Between Us, I think was Charles Martin. Okay. But he's written in Christian spaces a lot, and like he's like, but it's really quality. And yes, all the women are like, I just no one can, no yeah. one can write. Like he Charles gets, Martin. and like I'll he have gets that. Me. I don't write fiction, and now I can't. Does he write female characters well? And she likes oh, that about him. I don't him? know. I oh, okay, you don't know what it is. About I've him. read a little bit of Charles Martin. You refuse to read because your wife enjoys it. But I have a joke at the table, even at the staff table. I'll yeah. be like, oh man, I hate that Charles Martin. Like every time he comes up, and then the and then what happened recently that really brought that out? Yeah was that Charles Martin just decided he was going to write nonfiction. He was going to come over to other people's turf, if you will. Okay. And, of course, it was a bestseller, too. Uh-huh. It's just the be- Even Andrew's like, this is the best thing I've ever read. And I was like, I really hate that Charles Martin now. Yeah. But the truth is, I really like Charles Martin. But, this is and he's I, better than me. This is where I tell you that I'm Charles Martin. <laughs> that would be the twist, buddy. I went to uh, a house show last night for our buddy Caleb Christopher Edwards, who's been on the show. Right. And... He is fantastic singer songwriter and mandolinist. Mandolinist. Mandolite. 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 Mandal- Mandalori. Mand. <laughs> anyway, because he's never heard that one. I'm sure he's never heard that. Uh, but anyway, uh, he had a show, and there was another uh, artist there named Andy Zipf. Z i p f. Did he pronounce his last name? Zipf. Did he say it like that? I hope not. I don't know what he said. I think okay. he said Zip. I can't remember if the Zipf f was Zip. Yeah. Anyway, they did a show, and it was just like this, you know, this is very common in Nashville. It's one of those things where you go, we had a very Nashville night. Yeah. We were leaving, and I was telling our friend Bethany how that, I was like, this, when people say like, what's it like in Nashville? They're imagining this. Yeah. We're walking down a sidewalk after having been in a tiny house with 25 other people, seeing an amazing group of musicians ply their trade and try out new songs and in front of people who bought a ten or fifteen dollar ticket, somewhere between eighth and twelfth South, probably. Yeah, we right? were, we were right there. Yeah. So we literally left there and went half a mile down, and then uh, got some tapas and a you know a drink at this place. Like it was open till late. Yeah. It just it's like this is what people imagine. This uh-huh. is not happening necessarily in Fort Wayne, Indiana. You know right. what I mean? No, no offense, but yes. You know what I mean? Saying like what you think of when you think of a vibrant artist community, you think of what we experienced last night. All right. that said, I remember like. We felt so many emotions. Like, it was such a really interesting show. And uh, Caleb was so great. You know, he has these songs about uh, he's, his uh, his autism diagnosis as an adult. Yeah. And, you know, he's just really confronting these huge issues. And uh, he's such an old soul, which I love about him. Yeah. And then Andy was so great, too. And, and he's a little older. He's more closer to my age, I think. And he had this song about grief. And he talked. he had this line in the song where he was talking about losing his dad. And he said, you won't need your glasses anymore. And when he said that, I was like, oh, I was gone. Yeah. And it was so heavy, but it was so great to be experiencing it in this intimate space. Yeah. 
And uh, we were just talking about it after, and my wife was just like, just starry-eyed about the whole experience. And I remember thinking like, you know, I'm an artist too. Like I, I got like a little defensive. I didn't say it, but I right. internalized that feeling of like, you know, like yeah. I can't give her what I can't give her what that was with my dumb jokes. Yeah, I think I'm more at peace with like, you know, Laura. Here's the deal: none of my people who are close to me, except Andrew, mm. actually read my books. Yeah, like the guys in my community group might. Which you're in my community group now. I guess it means you have to. I've got to read your book. Like Caleb will. But Caleb reads a lot of books. Yeah. Like the kind of things that I might write. Laura doesn't read nonfiction a lot. Like if she's going to read, she wants to escape. And I'm zero offended at it. In yeah. Fact, I'm like, this is probably for the best. Because yeah. I know it's not going to be the best book. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if she's going to read a nonfiction, it was like the number one New York Times bestseller. Now, everybody hear me. She has read my books before. I don't... <sighs> I don't ask her Trouble to. in paradise. I don't ask her to, but I'm not, but I'm actually no, I know good you mean. with that. We have our To things. me, like if I read a book, it's going to be a book about something that I really, uh, like a world event or a piece of pop culture history that I want to know, like the story behind it. Right. Like I've read, and sometimes I'll do audiobooks now. Like there's one that's like, it's called Showtime. It's about the 80s Lakers. Yeah. And so it's all this behind-the-scenes stuff, this huge expose of the 80s Lakers, which I was a huge fan of and still am. And it was a 12-hour audiobook. Yeah. So it's a huge, like, long thing. It's almost like a long-form podcast. Yeah. And so I like that kind of stuff. Or, like, the history of Saturday Night Live or whatever I would read. There's a book called Live from New York. But it's written in blurbs. I like something that's written in yeah. blurbs. I'm a little ADD. Yeah. So I like something like that. But, like, self a self-help book... You write a lot of stuff that's more like self-help or self, you know, or telling spirituality. Or tell, yeah. Telling a story that may have had a lot of tragedy or, yeah. Know, yeah. No, and I get it. Like, I, John, I need your book. Um, I'm going to, this is an intervention, isn't I'm it? At, I'm at peace with it, though. No. Like, I don't need, you know, Laura and I have. I feel like I've let you down. Johnny, this wasn't, no, you haven't done, it was fine. Meanwhile, you've got my DVD and CD right behind I mean, you. I may be promoting it. In my own shop where I could promote my It's things. not even for sale anymore. And I just... That's what's funny. Is those because are, it was a signed copy. It meant so much to me. You can watch those online um, for free now. Yeah. But no, I, I just... I think... I don't know if I feel the need. I think... I know this sounds crazy, but Laura and I... was 23 years. You know, we just passed 23. Yeah. Just had our anniversary two weeks ago. And less than two weeks. And it's just like, you know, there's just a... There's a familiarity that's comfortable in a good way mm-hmm. not like a you know we're we're becoming lazy or whatever or, or complacent no but, no there's some great things that come yeah. from yeah and you're like hey, it's okay like, it's it, like and, another stage that's great early days i would have needed her like i need you to read this and tell me it's great you know mm-hmm. kind of thing and the good thing about my wife is is she won't tell me something's great if it's not now she won't tear me apart yeah but she also won't give me false hope where i don't need it so that i walk out into the world and get just run over by the you know all the other things. Well, why didn't you tell me? Like, she'll be like, oh, yeah, this was good or this was not. Yeah. Um, but so I'm just not the place of like, I don't think I need her to be someone, you know, that she's not. So, or you, Johnny. I don't need you to. Look, you, listen, you don't read a lot of books like that I write, and that's just fine. Okay. Most people don't read a lot of books like I write. And by the way, if Charles, Mar- Charles Martin's listening. Yeah. I think he's brilliant. It was, it's a joke. When let's I say squash, I hate that, let's Charles. Let's squash this beef. <laughs> between you and I'm calling him out um, gosh I hope he reaches out I wouldn't that be maybe something if he was a listener he's a single tear like right now he's like but I love John Driver he's not British why was he 
Yeah. By the way, Charles Martin also pretty good looking guy. In the photo. oh, is he also played football? I think I don't Ole like Miss that. or something. I don't like that one. And bit. like when he writes about like mm-hmm. if he's going to be on the Mississippi River in his book, then he takes you know two months and goes down on a boat and nope. spends time. He's like living. No, sir. He's doing what real writers do. It's like then. Justin Timberlake is like can sing. He can act. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah. Like he could be a cast member on Saturday Night Live. Right. Like whenever he hosts Saturday Night Live. He doesn't read the cue cards. Like, you can tell when somebody's really in it. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. It's enraging to me. Yeah, because the talent level. Yeah. You know, Jonah, that's probably a good spot because I want to come back to that. Okay. Uh, But we need to stop for a moment. Oh, just a a word from a few of our sponsors. Mm. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Yeah, you you always crack me up because because you think of me as a triple threat. I do. I'm like, wow, my gosh, how can I be a talent? <laughs> no, you, you always, I can dance. You always. I like, can rap. Like Wait. you do this with teams. Yeah. Like if there's a perennial powerhouse team, sure, and they'll land the top. You know, Alabama lands the top quarterback in the class or whatever, and you go, well, finally they caught a break. Yeah. Right. Because they've just they all they do is win, win, right. win. No so, matter what. Yeah. I don't. People who are super, you are kind of a triple. Like you sing really well. Yeah, you're a really good guitar I'm okay. player. People don't even know how good of a guitar player you are because you don't like play lead guitar anymore, right? So you I show just a little bit in the around. show. But dude, you were a lead guitar player for a major band. For a- <laughs> <laughs> well, you're really good. Maybe you heard of us. Maybe not. Probably not. Uh, but yeah, and then yeah, now you, and you always have that ability to write. You find the funny and like sometimes I'll bring to you like I know there's something funny here. Yeah, you find it because that's what your gift is. You yeah. know what I'm saying like. And yeah. you'll, oh yeah, and like when three minutes would have taken me 30 days. Actually, I could never get there. Like in my the brain desert. doesn't work that way. You just go on a retreat. I think that the main theme of the show today has been that I'm not very talented, um, but I do stick with things. And your books aren't worth reading. Right. They don't read <laughs> my best friends and wife. Uh, they all like Mar- Charles so, Martin. So my buddy Marty, uh, you talk about uh, criticism and being able to take criticism from someone that you love. Marty's... Uh, my buddy Marty Simpson, who we've had on the show, he has a brother, Alan, who actually is a a writer and a collaborator a little bit. And he actually works with uh, DreamWorks. He was on – remember that Bad Guys movie? Yeah. So he was like a collaborator on that movie and helped like script development and all that. Yeah, yeah. So he does a lot of interesting things. He's a composer. He's had a couple songs on The Simpsons. Like he's a really interesting guy. He's given me a ton of notes for my comedy stuff. Like I've sent Marty some things about, what do you think of this? And then he'll be like, I, sh- I shared this with Alan. I'm like, oh, man, why? And he goes, Alan knows how to get. So Alan will send me like a page of notes. They're all spot on. Yeah. Like, whoa. 
but he's a little he's a little uh, curt sometimes. Well, sure, because without me, because he just that's just how he is. Right. You just have to deal with that part of it. Yeah. Not with me, but he is with 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 uh, Marty way more because it's his brother. Sure, it's his younger brother. So I remember Marty said something. He sent Alan something he was writing. I think he was writing a pilot for something because Marty worked on a pilot for a little while. And then literally Alan's response was, I think this would read a lot better if you were a better writer. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like the perfect thing to say. I don't think he even meant it as a zing. It was just like, this would read a lot better if you were a better writer. Dude, I I had a call on a thing I'm working on. It's not a book. And literally... I, I wasn't real sure what I was supposed to do. Yeah. I just called yesterday. And so I did what I did. I thought I needed to expand, you know, and that's mm-hmm. not what the author wanted me to do to adjust. Yeah. And so he used the word, we don't want these things to get bloviated. Oh, no. Yeah. And then later on, nobody he, ever says bloviate. And it's like an ambiguous meaning. Right. It's like bloviate is like you. <laughs> but then he came back later. He's like, you realize the irony of that. I'm trying to get you to. Not use words to be less like verbose, and yeah, yeah, be less <laughs> verbose. I'm going to say bloviate to you. I just think you got to come to. Pl- I mean, I I totally agree. You could tell me that yeah. this would be a lot better with a better writer. I'm like, no, you're right. Like, can we find one? Be better. Yeah, just could you. Yeah, dude. So uh, I was thinking the other day because you know I have a teenager. And I was thinking about my first. Oh, I don't think it's my first date, but one of my first dates the other day. And one of your many first days. Oh, there's so you many. are a little bit of a player. You've talked about this. Uh, players are strong word. for a Christian school guy. Yeah, I don't. I, I regret some things. You know what it was? I told some of the day. Like there were things I was made fun of as a kid. Just normal stuff. Yeah. By older guys. And so I think, and there was a culture then of like date everybody, but don't ever settle down. You know. And there were some good things about that, but also some bad things. So some of that was like I'm going to prove. To yeah. myself in the world, you know, so I've tried to date as many girls as possible as a, as a teenager kind of thing. But um, hmm. looking back, right. not necessarily the best approach. So, huh. and it did not, Johnny, feel. We've the, actually got some of them here in, <laughs> in studio. Yeah, they'd come have on a lot. through. Yeah. So, but at any rate, I remember I'd gone to camp, mm-hmm. church camp. And I don't know, my, my brother or somebody was talking to some girl from camp on the phone and somebody from that girl's youth group, like I didn't, I didn't, I never met her at camp, yeah. but then she knew who I was and I'd never seen her Yeah. because I just was running with my brother's group, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so somehow there was going to be some people meeting and we agreed that we were going to meet up at a Michael Bolton concert. What <clears> year was this? Uh, this would have been like 90, probably three. Oh, so this four. is the height of Michael Bolton mania. Yeah. And he was coming to Starwood. So yeah. Starwood out in Murfreesboro. Yeah, outdoor area. amphitheater venue. Beautiful. Huge, yeah. Legendary venue in Nashville. Yeah, that a lot of people really miss it a lot. Yeah. And it's shut down now. Yeah. yeah. It's just a big field now. Mm-hmm. And so. We I remember like, when all this was just fields. I remember. And so it was like this. We talked on the phone and it was like, all right, here's the deal. I'll meet you at the t-shirt stand. Okay. Okay. At Starwood. This feels like it's already been doomed. At the Michael Bolton concert. Cursed. And let's let's recall, probably, <laughs> I, know, I know I don't have a cell phone at that time. Yeah. Um, I might have had a beeper, but I don't remember like that's what's going to help at all. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen the girl. Wait a minute. I've never seen her. I mean, we, she, we. This we, is a total blind date? 
Com- literally, I don't know. Did you she- know anything to expect? Like none. She's got a great personality. All Did anyone was, say those words? There to you? was. I talked to her. She had a great personality. I wonder how many girls were described. I was described to as having a good personality. <sighs> I don't even know if I had that. Right. <laughs> that would have been a plus. He's got real bad acne, and uh, just look out. He's look out for him. <laughs> he says he's six four. We don't know. We do not know. <laughs> well, you can imagine. Yeah. When I went to Starwood, thousands. First of all, there were there were probably several T-shirt stands. Johnny, there was a row. Like, <laughs> like there were T-shirt stands all over the whole thing. Yeah, that's what I was immediately probably, thinking. You know, yeah, I don't know how many thousands of people. There's at least right. probably four thousand people. Meet me behind around. the guy with the mullet. Right, it may it have been. Like, it may as well have been. The- he was like, yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I don't know. I just roamed from T-shirt stand to T-shirt yeah. stand. I'll Not be wearing. Me- I'll be wearing acid wash jeans. Well, like, <laughs> just, there's no. It's the most vague <laughs> right. directions. So it was very much, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Okay. And I don't stand out for good reasons. So she probably never found me. Maybe she didn't even come. Wait a minute. All just oh, like so a, it never, never worked out? <gasps> that was it. There was no way to contact each other when we well, got This there. is one of those where it feels romantic comedy. You would not have ever told this story to Laura. And then one day she tells you the story of how she got stood up at a Michael Bolton concert. <gasps> oh, this would be great. And then you have you look into each other's eyes and you oh, realize now. Like, T-shirt stand. You were star-crossed lovers from... For years ago, and you didn't even know it. Oh my goodness. Wouldn't that be something? You're old now. You're old and brittle. Wow. I mean, more brittle than you right. are now. Right. Even more <laughs> no, no, brittle. I am old now and brittle. <laughs> yeah. No, that was it. So, that one of my first dates was me searching for a girl. I didn't know what Did she Did you watch like. the show while you were. I think it You were too frantic to, to even enjoy I don't the, know. the smooth, silky <laughs> tones. You were doing. How am I supposed to live out <laughs> He was good. Oh man, he's got a great voice. Is he still here. going? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He actually Where did I hear a, that he lost he his a, voice? I don't know. I think he has a very successful TikTok, and he kind of leans into the whole like the irony of being Michael Bolton, right. and knowing that there the are people who hate himself. There are people who hate you just because you're Michael Bolton, and it was cool to beat up on Michael Bolton for like ten years, right? And now people are like liking him again. Ironic, and of course you have the middle-aged women who are like still want to you know throw their underclothes at the stage for him, so. That's a whole thing. Sure. But th- so he's leaned into it on TikTok and it's very, he's very funny and self-aware about it. Wow. Cause yeah. he had like the long flowing locks too. No, it's cause he's got short hair now, but he'll like be in front of a fireplace. Hi, I'm Michael Bolton. And he'll have like sipping a cup it. of coffee. It's very funny. Self-awareness and, yeah. is, is great. It's the best kind of oh, it's great. awareness, if you will. It is. It's the man. Won't that, <laughs> there's your new book title. All the awareness. I would, I would read that book. Would you? Yeah. I would read that book <laughs> by Charles Martin with John driver. What if I could collaborate with Charles Martin? I think you need to. The thing is, like, he's not even a pastor, and he wrote this great theological piece. That's that's your then you're like now you're just cheating, right? Like now you're in our lane big time, and people mm-hmm. like you in our lane better than us in our lane. Do you think that women like? Because I was asking about Laura, like, does she like the way he writes women? Because maybe he writes women. Because sometimes like there's this show Outlander that women like. There's this there's these shows where they go, man, they really know how to write a female character. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Laura's like into true crime stuff. Yeah, um, you got to be in a true crime if you're a white lady. That's just part of the deal. Well, like she'll read like the. the Does she listen to it going to bed? No, no, no. That's she the thing with Curry. Read... She's like, I don't know why I'm not sleeping. I'm like, you pipe murder into right. your ears no. for eight hours. She used to read Patricia Cornwell novels, which are like again, they're they're mystery. Yeah, Cornwell. I remember yeah, that. Solving. She's the one who did the. Uh, the, 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 the she supposedly solved the. Didn't she supposedly solve the Jack the Ripper case? Maybe Patricia possibly. Cornwell. Maybe. Yeah, I think she. Portrait of a Killer. 
Is that what it was called? It was called Portrait of a Killer, Jack the Ripper, Case Closed. Very. Wow, that's. Authoritative. That's bold. It's a theory. I mean, it's basically a theory. But she had a lot of, like, circumstantial evidence against this, some recluse painter of the day. Wow. And I think he was kind of a wealthy socialite. So it was a little bit. um, Can you be a. Odd that he would be. Well, I think he had money enough to that he could go paint. But I'm saying I think that he was a he was in high society, but also this murderer by night by her way of thinking. And so she had some pieces of evidence, but it wasn't like case closed. And then now we know who Jack the Ripper was. I think some people pushed back, but she sold a lot of books. But she did I call read, it case closed. I actually she did call it case closed, and I read that one. Did you? Really? Uh, I read that one. I don't remember anything about it. I remember. I remember the pieces you I'm telling you now. You read this book, John. Maybe if you write a true crime book, you could scratch the itch that Laura and I desperately need. What from if you. I found out that every night you're reading books, like by, maybe something like you're reading Max Licato, Charles Martin, a bunch of other people, like the three hundred, the three hundred sixty degree leader. Is that what I would be? John, is that John Maxwell? Yeah, I want to be the seven hundred eighty. I want to do two spins, right? Well, I want to just pick somewhere in between and kind of go. I think to- Tony Hawk would be a. 780 leader yeah yeah i had an idea for a book the other day because i can't i can't tell the situation mm. oh okay but there was a situation where a leader is this had, a you can't oh you can't tell, all they were saying they can't tell a, the book a leader hadn't made a great decision but yeah. other people responded well because they had to adapt to to some poor leadership decisions okay and so it kind of created good things because they kind of had to rise above and i was like we right. would call that like but the book title would be Accidental Leadership, which, I mean, I think I could I could write about that. We got a few of those that's happened in the country. Yeah, like, ooh, accidentally, we got better because we had to over that. Yeah, I would think uh, politically uh, Rudy Giuliani. I immediately would think of Rudy Giuliani. Like, 9-11 happens. He becomes like America's mayor. Right. And you fast forward now. He's like a caricature. <sighs> Yeah, that's a big... That's like a fall from grace. There's a wide... Regardless of how you feel about him politically. Yeah. It's a it's a huge fall from grace as yeah. far as like what is per, the perception of Rudy Giuliani is right. versus what it was in 2002. Right. You Even know, among his out own of, party, there's not a great yeah. perception. Um, right. He's a cartoon character. It's well, strange. Well, the, the whole like calling the... Okay, what was it, Johnny? Where he called the uh, the press conference. Right. The, the of four the, seasons, the, and it was a lawn care landscaping. Because that really happened. Yeah, that's that thing happened in our political at, landscape. At land, at, yeah. Again, that's not... Yeah, a political landscape and an actual landscape. Actual landscape. <sighs> Sometimes um, they're one and the same. Yeah. Sometimes it's the actual Aguapo. <laughs> <laughs> Your political landscape is an actual landscape. Anyway. I just, uh, you can't write that stuff. Accidental leadership. I think it needs to happen. Accidental leadership by John Driver. But it, it is hard to give direction sometimes. You're like... Do I mean Four Seasons? They'll know I mean Four Seasons, right? Who knows what happened? It's yeah. a weird thing. Here's what I hate. So I do a lot of like big churches now. Listen, I'm doing pretty good. For myself. <laughs> I hate to say it that way. That sounds dumb. So I do these. It's in, it's intimidating me when I get invited to go to a big church because they have all these multiple entrances. And then they'll inevitably say this to me. Hey, when you get to the building, come to the southeast entrance. Mm. You're like, do you know what to do with that? It depends on where I am. I don't want that. Johnny, Just use like, your compass. Tell me, <laughs> tell me what door to come to. Is there a number on the door? I don't have an almanac. 
<laughs> you need to be like, how high will As the, the crow flies? <laughs> how high will the sun be in the sky at exactly. the time that I arrive? Right. Do you guys have one of those? Stop saying northeast and southeast to people do who don't live in your city. Do you have a in the parking lot that I could use? Yes. There's all kinds of. Listen, Johnny, I'm giving you. This is what you do. You completely break down the relationship. Before but they you really ever start. think that that it makes sense to them. And these aren't some of these aren't old people. They're just like, yeah, come to the southeast entrance. And I'm like, if you told me about this church, of course I would know. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Where's Johnny? Where is the east entrance for here? From uh, where we're sitting. Well. You could point to Knoxville from here. Yeah, 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 east. Just, yeah. But I can't you point. You literally just pointed south. <laughs> I can't point I can't point to Knoxville from No, cuz the interstate's parallel with us. We're going east. That's east. No, that's south. The uh, interstate is perpendicular to us right now. Your back is to the interstate. Your back is parallel to the interstate. Am I on the interstate right Johnny, now? <laughs> have you ever seen Johnny in the interstate in the room at the same time? Anyway, you need me to go with you because I can do directions pretty well. Like, no, but just listen. But then you get to the church though, and they go, they say all that, and then you go, you could have just said the blue door. Does they always have different colored doors? No, but I'm just saying, like, give me something else. Listen, hey, my car's parked out front. It's an Acura, whatever. (laughs) Oh, that helps. Yeah, but instead, it's like northeast corridor. So that happened to me this morning. I don't normally, we have a backpack program. We feed kids here. Yeah. And um, they needed somebody. There's some medical issues happening in the family of the people who are normally delivering. Uh-huh. And so yesterday I was like, we need someone at 7 a.m. to go get this food. From So I go, I get the food this morning. But we right. have another delivery that's already in the van for one of our schools that we do the backpack program for to okay. feed the kids on the weekends. So I don't want to call, hey guys, where do I go? Because they were already giving me a hard time in staff meeting yesterday about it. I was like, okay. Which parking lot I'll go to? How do I? And Andrew was giving me directions that he was like, you need to back in. And when I got there, I didn't back in because I couldn't have put the stuff in if I did that. And it was a whole thing. I figured it out. I just want to figure it out, Johnny. Yeah. Without being a squeaky wheel. Uh-huh. And so I called the school. They're there. I was like, okay. Nobody well, likes a delivery driver with a squeaky wheel. <laughs> and so she was like, come around the building mm-hmm. all the way. There'll be like this little alcove. And there'll be like a red car, gray car, and a white car there. Yeah. And that's the door. And just call me when you're there. So I go. I get out these two little, we have these two little wagons. Mm-hmm. I fill it up with all the bags of food. And I call. I was like, all right, I'm here. She's like, okay, I'm coming. I wait. I wait. Johnny and I wait. You're in the wrong alcove. And she calls. She goes, did you come around all the way to, I was like, She's like, that's no, okay, I'll come to you. I was like, no, they're on wagon. So I walk through the parking lot and spring oh. the stuff and meet her. And I was like, ma'am, there was a red car and a white car, but not a gray one. So mm-hmm. what are the odds? And there's an alcove. She was like, I'm colorblind. Yeah, as well. And all so these cars look gray to me. I get it, though. That To them, it made perfect sense to go all the way. But I was like, well, I yeah. found something that looked similar to what you described, and I stopped there. Yeah. So maybe you should give the churches a break, Tony. Maybe they're just doing their best. I'm not mad. Have them color the doors before you come. That's what you need. It sounds like. Could you please paint, put it in your writer, yes. paint a red door, and that's where Johnny always enters. I'm not mad. I'm upset. Right. You, you can and I'm hurt. <sighs> this is really, fame has really changed you. I'm I can sorry. remember when you, were, when you first started out, you just were happy to find any door. You know what I'm saying? Won't that? <laughs> any open door. Uh, uh, well, John, speaking of remembering, yeah. I think it's important that we look back mm. into our past. Uh, or we're doomed to repeat it. It's a saying what we like to call talk about then.
This week in history, John, uh, would you like to guess when the first airline in-flight meal occurred this week? Uh, it would be what year? First in-flight, in-flight meal? meal. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to... Let me just say this. It was a cold boxed lunch. It was offered by Handley Page Transport Flights. So not a current airline. I'm going to call this 1951. 1919. No. People were eating up in the air. Wow, that was a long time ago. In the 19-teens. That had to be like a prop plane. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. They didn't have jets back then. It was a cold. I wonder what was in that lunch. I wonder if it was like a salami. It probably was better than we have today. Could be. Because, you know, like when you had the whole... That that era of flights where you could just walk around. Yeah, there were couches around the perimeter. There was a people were smoking. Yeah, everybody's dressed up. Isn't nice. Virgin Airlines now? Do you ever fly Virgin Airlines? Uh-uh. Don't they have like a lounge with a bar and the whole kind of thing? I on think the plane? it is nicer. Yeah, uh, and that probably depends. They probably have like a discount in a nicer version of uh, a version of Virgin. Mm. Uh, John, born this week, eighteen eighty four, American First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh wow. Were you a fan of the... Yes. She's Lady Bird, right? No. No. Who am I thinking of? Uh, you're thinking of... Oh, jeez. Uh, you're thinking of, of Linda B. Johnson's wife. Oh, okay. Lady Bird Johnson. Okay, Lady Bird Johnson. No, this is Franklin Roosevelt's wife. Franklin Roosevelt. Roosevelt. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> she served as First Lady of the United States during her husband, Franklin D. Roosevelt's four terms in office. She was politically active, known for her support of civil rights. She was the first lady to hold first first lady to hold regular press conferences. Do you know that? Yeah, she was so she's very visible. Write a daily newspaper column. Yep, she was. She was. You wouldn't f- see this now. She was a force. She hosted a weekly radio show. She would have a podcast now. She'd be podcasting. She'd be Joe Rogan, and she spoke at a national uh, party convention. So she was. She also served as United States delegate to the United Nations General Assembly from forty five to fifty two. Yeah. And it's not even speculation that during moments of ill health for him, mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, we she were was running more, the country. Like she, she was stepping up. We've talked about that. I think that yeah. she kind of was like a de facto mm-hmm. puppet master, which has happened multiple times. Um, happened some with Reagan, you know, but but yeah, she was brilliant and set the cause. Uh, I mean, civil rights. You can always find what people in those. In, in that time yeah. where they fell short, you know, but uh-huh. she did a lot more than a lot of people and, and tried to push things forward and certainly women's rights as well. But I mean, just a, a brilliant. And, and I once again, want to say it. If you haven't watched the yeah. Roosevelt documentary, the Ken Burns Roosevelt documentary, oh, I need to do it, which is it, it spotlights over multiple episodes, Theodore, uh, Eleanor, Alvin, and Franklin. Simon. Nice. That's different. It's, yeah. It's a whole different documentary. Yeah. <sighs> Alvin Roosevelt. Alvin Roosevelt, I was about to say. He was... Alvin Roosevelt. He would have... <laughs> do you think he would have had a longer term if it hadn't been for the high-pitched voice? Speaking of Reagan, John, uh, October 11th, 1983, U.S. First Lady Nancy Reagan officially introduced her anti-drug philosophy, which was... Just say no. Just say no. The phrase, just say no, emerged in 1982 when Nancy Reagan was visiting Longfellow Elementary School in Oakland, California, when asked by a schoolgirl... What to do if she was offered drugs? She responded, just say no. It was a big deal. I remember she would go yeah. on sitcoms. They were like, every sitcom in the 80s had a very special episode uh-huh. where like Arnold on different strokes would try drugs, right. be offered drugs. 
And then Nancy Reagan came to his school and gave the just say no. So yeah. it was like a weird Or the very crossover. end, they'd be out of character and she's standing on the set. And yeah. you might say, yeah, that might happen too. You know what happened to Arnold could happen to you if yeah. you... Yeah. The more you know... And then a big rainbow of... Just say no. Wait. Just more, say K-N-O-W. Just say the more you know. They could have... No Jesus, no peace, no Jesus. Jesus, no... Anyway, uh, we've talked about the war on drugs and its uh, mixed results, but that was kind of the that was a big spearhead of that yeah. movement of just like drugs are bad, people who do drugs are bad. Yeah, very like broad brush uh, approach. I, you know, there, there's something I, th- that's one of those. As much as I go, the drug culture, certainly the criminalization of, of drug culture, uh, obviously disproportionately affects different people, uh, different races, others. There is something to be said about like empowering people regardless yeah. to say, hey, and I think that'd be helpful now. Hey, if you want to spend six hours on, you know, Instagram, TikTok or Snapchat, you don't have to just because everybody else is doing yeah. that. Like there, there is a good message there to just say, that, say, just say log off. Right. Just say, you know, limit it to one hour. We got to work on the. We need better vernacular for right, we our. Just, I don't know what it'd be. Just say, I don't know. You can't. I mean, but, just log off. <laughs> just say moderation. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, moderation doesn't doesn't, have doesn't, have a, doesn't roll off the tongue. That's why I was never first lady. But yeah, so. that is the new. That kind of is the new drug. Honestly, yeah, we're all and we're all on it, and we all are deriving parts of our identity from it. It's yeah. a strange time. Uh, just we, say moderation, guys. Just that's that's your. Yeah. <laughs> This week, 1975, John, uh, live from New York, it's Saturday night. The Emmy-winning Saturday Night Live television variety show debuts on NBC, featuring the not-ready-for-prime-time players. The original title was NBC's Saturday Night. Did not know that. Uh, the original cast included, do you want to try and guess the original cast in original 1975? Cast? Uh, Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd, yes. Bill Murray? No, he was second year. That's okay. after Chevy Chase. He was replaced Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Year. Chevy Chase. Um, uh, any of the women, John? You remember any of the women? Jane Curtin. Yes. Lorraine Newman. And you had John Belushi, of course. Breakout he star was original, from the first yeah. season. And uh, Garrett Morris. Okay. So, yeah, it was. I'm not really a huge fan of the 70s uh, Saturday Night Lives, honestly. No. I think everybody thinks Saturday Night Live was good when they were in ninth grade. That yeah. was the best seasons. Yeah, that if was far away, it back, far they away go. from me. Yeah. yeah. So you always look back. I'm, for me, it was Dana Carvey, Kevin Nealon. Yeah. Uh, Phil, Although Hart- I did Phil like- Hartman. I mean, that those casts, those shows were so great. And the, the head writer was a guy named Jack Handy. There was another guy named uh, Jim Downey. They just wrote such elegant sketches. Yeah. So good and so perfect. They're like little machines. Yeah. And I still think of them. Uh, anyway, Saturday Night Live is a big part of like, my sensibility what of what i think is funny yeah so I don't know. it felt like you were on the cutting edge of something watching it because you stayed up late to watch it too right. that was part of it you felt like i'm a grown-up i'm watching something at 11 30 eastern right so i'm a grown-up what they're talking about is adult stuff yeah even though it would be silly it was yeah i remember being with friends in like middle school or early high school yes and being up we all stay in someone's house on a Saturday night mm-hmm. and watching it. And it's a shared experience. Yeah, for like, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, that season, those seasons in the 80s, mid-80s, one of my favorite things was one of the head writers, a guy named Jack Handy, Deep Thoughts by Jack uh-huh. Handy. And literally, like, 
But that, still that's, that's informed some of the way that I write jokes. Like if I have a random thought and I go, well, this isn't going to be a five minute bit. I'll throw it into this bit that I do where I read from my journal. And yeah. that's Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. It's a complete, yeah. not ripoff, but it is an homage to that of like, here is a complete nonlinear thought. Yeah. It wouldn't have another place in my show, but here it is. And I've put, you know, 20 of those together and now it's part of my show. And I would never have known to even access that part of my brain without Saturday Night Live and Jack right. Someone had to show you that paradigm. Yeah. Like I remember one is just really short. He would say, yeah. if you ever fall off a building, right. go limp like a dummy and maybe someone will catch you because, hey, free, free dummy. dummy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it's just absurd. Yeah, really funny. Uh, all right, John, last one. The last hand crank telephone call occurred this week, and I want you to guess the year. We're talking about a okay, hand crank the telephone. The last one. The one where you pick up the receiver and hold it to your ear and you're speaking into the deal. Okay. But do you crank something? I guess there's a crank. It says hand crank telephone call. Uh, the last one. It's called a magneto telephone. So it must be something's going on in a servo in there that's creating right. sparks. And there's a superpower with all metal. I don't know. But yeah, it's a. I want to guess if you're saying last, it's going to be later than I would expect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to. Maybe. Okay. I want to guess 1985. You're close. 83. Boom. There was a hand crank telephone call in 83, John. Wow. Whew. Listen, Laura grew up. And they still had, when she was in Oklahoma as a the kid. The rotaries. They had, um, what do they call them? Party lines. They're unplugging the things? In the neighborhood, party line. What is that? Just like Andy Griffith's show. You, you you pick up the phone, and if someone in the house three doors down is on the phone, you're like, oh, sorry, and you're waiting for them to get off. Like, there's one. No. Yeah. yeah. The wires got crossed. No. I thought that was a myth. They had to share it. You're like, hey, I need to, I need this line. i got to make a phone call. Where was this? Oklahoma. Petticoat Junction? Like they were out in, uh, where was she? That doesn't make uh, any sense. Valley, Oklahoma, like in the early 80s, you know. That feels like an excuse to spy on people. Yeah, sorry, party line. Yeah. By the way, how are your kids? Like, yeah. that's creepy. I don't like it at all. What was on the Griffith show? There was a, he would always, they always spoke to the city operator. Yeah, and she'd pull a plug out and plug yeah. it somewhere else. I remember that one old... lady and you knew her name. And you go, hey, uh, what was her name? Hey, Sarah. Maybe it was Sarah. I don't know. And connect me to Mount Pilot, you know, police, yeah. whatever. So, yeah, that was... She'd have to pull a plug out and do a thing. There are people, I mean, who, especially in rural areas, I mean, they're still using technology that... And it's working. That's the thing about technology. Nobody's still doing that, though, are they? I don't know. I don't know either. You know what? We need a listener who's still doing that. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great if they have that kind of phone where they're listening to a podcast? They and, can't get to us because they're waiting for the party line to open up. We need to expand to that platform. Party line sounds like one of those 900 numbers from the 90s right. where it's party like, call the, the party line. Yeah. Hey. I don't know why that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know well, what, listener? <laughs> and we're so glad you joined our party line today. <laughs> we don't want to tow the party line. We want. Come um, on now. Want that? Hey, I do think it's worth reading a message from um, one of our listeners. We say we do that sometimes. Always, uh, Andrew Feldman sends a great message on Patreon. Uh, you can actually message us through Patreon if you're a patron and you support us. I didn't the show. even know that. Yeah. Uh, he said, hello, friends. I see the podcast has been updated with a new, cool new cover art. It looks great. Well, thanks. I uh, just wanted to share. You wanted to hype that because you did the cover art, John, didn't I've you? I've never told anybody that. You just revealed that. <laughs> but it's just funny to me because you're like, someone here says that. Uh, what an interesting. Uh, How is that possible that? <laughs> I'm shocked that everybody liked the art as much as they did with one. It was actually a one take. It was a vision. And someone was like, oh, I like this. So I actually, actually borrowed it from uh, 
I borrowed the idea from uh, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, yeah, okay. I just wanted to share with everything's Taylor Swift with you both. My deepest heartfelt thanks for inviting the whole world to the table where you have these conversations. I hope we have a chance to meet in person someday. And special thanks to Dane. He said this special thanks to Dane, both for encouraging you to begin podcasting and for masterfully crafting the brilliant piece of intro outro music. And I agree. Right. It's still as good. Dane is the, he's the uh, emphasis. He's the genesis. He says, I now listen to it over a thousand times. No exaggeration. And it rocks every single time. Much love and all my best wishes to you and yours. I think it's the best podcast intro and outro song. It's so good. Yeah. And uh, should we pay Dane or something? Did we not pay Dane? I don't think so. I'm going to Venmo Dane some money today. But you just, you hyped it way too much. I think it's top, Where you pay him I think it's top 10. <laughs> I think uh, my favorite thing about it is it's affordable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, out it's of, a value. Out of podcasts that get the amount of downloads we get, yeah. I would say it's in the top 50. Yeah. It's, my favorite thing is the value of yeah. it because we paid very little Yeah, today later on Venmo. And, and yet, there it is. Right. We've been using it forever. Yeah. We should. We should throw Dane a few bucks. It's probably more important that Dane signs doesn't a document. Dane just, doesn't Dane just want... That says that we're released here, 2-4? No, but don't Dane. you think... Dane... He was co-hosting with us at the time. And the the honor of being a part of it, that's the reward. Isn't it, though? Why do you always want money, Dane? Dane, I can't believe you said that. God, you've changed Dane says, hey, thank you, Andrew, for the nice message, though. Uh, we nice. appreciate it. Yes. And, um, yeah. And all of you can send us messages. You can do it through our website. You know, you have an ask a question button there on our website, which is found where, I forget where that is. Talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, you can also go on there and you can become a, we had added a, uh, some patrons in the last few if weeks. If you become a patron, you get ad-free content, uh, mm. which we love to uh, share with you. Yeah. It's fun. Go to johndriver.com to find out more about John's uh, writing projects. Go to johnnyw.com to find out more about my tour dates. I'm touring all over the country this year and next Everywhere. and uh, adding tour dates every week. So, Yeah, exciting stuff. Hey, guys, we love doing it every week, and we'll look forward to doing it again next week on Talk About That. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.